G.K. Chesterton's classic short story, Father Brown series, The Hammer of God. The little village of Bohan Beacon was perched on a hill so steep that the tall spire of its church seemed only like the peak of a small mountain. At the foot of the church stood a smithy, generally red with fires and always littered with hammers and scraps of iron, and opposite to this, over a rude cross of cobble paths, was a blue bow, the only inn of the place. It was upon this crossway, in the lifting of a leaden and silver daybreak, that two brothers met in the street and spoke. The one was beginning the day and the other finishing it. The Reverend and Honourable Wilfred Bohan was very devout and was making his way to some austere exercises of prayer or contemplation at dawn. Colonel, the Honourable Norman Bohan, his elder brother, was by no means devout and was sitting in evening dress on the bench outside the blue bow, drinking what the philosophic observer was free to regard either as his last glass on Tuesday or his first on Wednesday. The Colonel was not particular. The Bohans were one of the very aristocratic families, very few aristocratic families, rarely dating from the Middle Ages, and the Pennon had actually seen Palestine. But it is a great mistake to suppose that such houses stand high in chivalric traditions. Few except the poor preserve traditions. Aristocrats live not in traditions but in fashions. The Bohans had been mohawks under Queen Anne and mashers under Queen Victoria. But like more than one of the really ancient houses, they had rotted in the last two centuries into mere drunkards and dandy degenerates, till there had even come a whisper of insanity. Certainly there was something hardly human about the colonel's wolfish pursuit of pleasure and his chronic resolution not to go home till morning at a touch of the hideous charity of insomnia. He was a tall, fine animal, elderly, but with hair startlingly, starting, startlingly yellow. He would have looked merely blonde and leonine, but his blue eyes were sunk so deep in his face that they looked black. They were a little too close together. He had very long yellow moustaches on each side of them a fold or furrow from nostril to jaw so that a sneer seemed to cut into his face. Over his evening clothes, he wore a curiously pale yellow coat that looked more like a very light dressing gown than an overcoat, and on the back of his head was stuck an extraordinary broad-brimmed hat of a bright green colour, evidently some oriental curiosity caught up at random. He was proud of appearing in such incongruous attires, proud of the fact that he always made them look congruous. His brother, the curate, had also the yellow hair and the elegance, but he was buttoned up to the chin in black, and his face was clean-shaven, cultivated, and a little nervous. He seemed to live for nothing but his religion, but there were some who said, notably the blacksmith, who was a Presbyterian, that it is the love of Gothic architecture rather than of God, and that his haunting of the church like a ghost was only another and purer turn of the almost morbid thirst for beauty which sent his brother raging after women and wine.